Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get in the spirit, right? Here we go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NFL strategy show. It's a wonderful Wednesday, late morning, 12, 16, 2020. I'm about to get hit with 20 inches of snow up here in the Northeast. So that's going to be highly enjoyable. I'm Dave Lochran on the Twitter machine at Lafay underscore D L O U G H Y underscore D. With me, as always, Matt Gajeski at Matt underscore Gajeski and Kyle Dvorak here to talk. Oh, at Kyle tweets here, here to talk top stacks and ownership for week 15. Uh, I said yesterday, this is my favorite slate. Just we haven't played yet. It might be my least favorite slate by Sunday afternoon. But right now, Kyle, I'm loving everything about this slate from the rookie running backs in great spots from Derrick Henry. Uh, chasing 2,000 yards to a ton of running uh, wide receivers and quarterbacks being in phenomenal spots across the board. I'm just loving it. And then we're going to have two Saturday football games prior to this. We're in good. We're in a good spot coming into week 15. Yeah, it's a it's like a really interesting slate. It's a game or it's a slate with like a lot of good totals, but nothing that you really have to chase after. Like if I just pull up my totals page. Yeah, it's like a, a bunch of in the 50 to like 53 range, but there's no like crazy 57. There's no, what would that be? Like a like a Chiefs-Bills one would maybe get up there. There's nothing that it feels like I am just flipping a coin if this game hits. I'm I'm losing money. For me, that would be always I'm losing money, but maybe for other people, it's if this game hits, I'm winning money. There's nothing that's like that kind of binary decision. So I think there's a really interesting argument for a lot of like mid to low owned pivots. We're happy to have you guys with us. Hit that thumbs up if you're just walking in the door. And of course, if you like what we do here, you want to help support us in the holiday season. But really, seriously, if you, if you just think that we've helped you along the way, even if you don't like us, but you like our work uh, and maybe we change your thought process on how you play DFS. You like being able to tune in literally every single morning to watch football content, basketball, MMA, all of that stuff. Hit that subscribe. Help us get to that 50K mark. And of course, when you do, we'll show up in your recommended feed in the browse feature. You'll always see when we're live and you'll never miss a show. If you want to miss a show and stop listening and stop watching, well, just hit unsubscribe. And remember, everything here can be found on pod or in podcast form in any po- uh, platform where podcasts are available, whether it's on Apple, Spotify, whatever you have on your Droid phones, we've got you covered. Matt. 
You and I uh, had a wild Wednesday, uh, Monday show. It turn, turned into one of the craziest Monday night football games we've ever seen. Um, and I say that loosely, a bit hyperbolic, but it was an awesome game. And the way Baltimore covered was, was even more insane. I almost called the push. <laughs> Obviously joking. But I, I want to start off with a recap and go straight to you here because we've now seen this happen probably three times in the last four weeks where either the slant winner on DraftKings or the Millie Maker winner, which is what happened this week, has same team running back wide receiver stack without the quarterback. And not only did that happen this week with the Millie Maker winner, check out our Monday show, the Monday morning quarterback. We go over all of this on lineup study. If you really love DFS and like getting into the weeds and, and really dissecting how things work every week, that show is absolutely for you. Or if you're just trying to hang out and have some fun, Join us as well, Monday, 11 Eastern. But, Matt, not only did he have the quarterback, uh, wide receiver running back stack from the same team, but he had two of them without either of the quarterbacks, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry stack, plus David Montgomery, Allen Robinson stack, took down a Millie Maker. This is really something that if we're doing a recap, we need to look into, start talking about more, because it's paying off on these teams that have really concentrated volume between just a couple of players. I think you need those concentrated offense. Otherwise, it's not really a viable strategy. And you also need a lot of points to be scored. In the Millie Maker, you're always looking for outlier performances. So I think in small field tournaments, this isn't something you should even be considering. But in something like the Millie Maker, where you really need 40 or 50 points in this particular situation to play uncorrelated pieces like running back wide receiver from the same team, you do need those blow-up spots. And we saw them in a couple games this week. It's not going to happen all the time, but when it does, it's a really weird and unique way that people aren't going to be playing in these tournaments. So it definitely sets you apart. I'm not sure the viability on a week-to-week basis. I think it's situational, and you mentioned it. You need to look for concentrated offenses, but you also need like 40 or 50 points. Otherwise, unless the running back is the mid-price, you're flat-out not going to have to pay off. Yeah, I – So, Kyle, I I see it a little bit differently here for one reason, and I'd love to get both of your guys' opinions because, again, when we see something like this win multiple times over the course of a month, it needs to be discussed, and we recap everything at the top of this show before getting into ownership and stacks. But when you're talking about concentrated offenses, and I think, as Matt just put it, as I laid out, that's prerequisite number one. If you don't have that, I'm not interested. But we do see a lot of times where – even in a shootout situation or even when the team scores a good amount of points, maybe not 40 where they have a quarterback in a a game where it's a pretty low passing volume offense. But when he does pass the ball, it's going to either one of two guys, whether it's Corey Davis, AJ Brown, whether it's Adam Thielen or um, Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson, but then all of that, uh, all of that runoff opportunity or really predominantly the most opportunity goes to someone like Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry. I do think there are ways to say maybe with even the Rams this week, Cam Akers and Cooper Cup without Jared Goff, if they blow the Jets out, that there are ways it works. It's just a matter of finding that nuance uh, and a balance without going too crazy. Yeah, I think there are a lot of like prerequisites that need to be met. Like you need to just be a high scoring. Like we can tell this by your previous games. We can tell this by your implied team total. You need to be projected to score a lot of points. Basically, you're just placing a bet on the fact that let's say you've already stacked a quarterback wide receiver, opposing wide receiver. This is going to be the highest scoring team, the highest scoring game when you adjust for salary. But there's going to be another team that scores enough points, close to enough points 
that they are worth playing multiple players from as well. So you're saying there are multiple blow up spots. We know that on any given week, it shouldn't be surprising that multiple teams blow up. But you also do need the prices to align. Like you can't really do this with Green Bay because you're saying Green Bay puts up 45, 50 points if your stack is like Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones with you right. know, no Aaron Rodgers or whatever. So you can't really do it unless the prices work as well. So the prices have to align. The like the team has to align that they have to be projected to score a lot of points. And I think the final missing piece is that you do have to have like just concentrated overall volume, which I think some teams on any given week, and you name kind of the, the obvious ones, and those have been the ones that have done it in weeks past. Some teams do meet those criteria pretty much on a consistent weekly basis. So I'm actually, I think, a little more comfortable doing it than it seems like Matt was, but it is a very specific thing. I'm not just thinking like any team can go out and do this. There are, I'm going to call it like five or six teams in the NFL that I think on a weekly basis you can consider this strategy with. And that's if you're not already stacking those teams. Like if I already have like the Kirk Cousins stack, I've ruled out one of, I've ruled out the Vikings as my secondary stack. So it really does have to be a specific scenario, but I think it's, I'm kind of with you that it's just basically banking on a second high scoring team of the slate. Yeah. And, um, you know, you brought up a couple of good points there, but ultimately, yeah. Do you want to do it with the bucks? Probably not. Like, you know, you, you have to get so much right with the pass catchers and you have to get Ronald Jones, right. I'm not even going to throw Fournette in there because he was inactive last game coach's decision. But Matt, Kyle talked about, you can't really do it with green Bay. Generally speaking, I agree. The price points are absurd there. So, you know, how, how, how much are you capping your ceiling? But what I found crazy is in the Millie maker this week, the top three ownerships, the the top three highest owned players, were Devon, or Derek Henry, number one, at 26%, Devontae Adams at 25 and then right behind him at 24% was Aaron Jones. So two players from the same team, both of whom were very expensive at their respective positions, were the second and third highest owned players on the entire slate in the Millie Maker on DraftKings. Well, it makes sense. They had a massive implied team total, so I think you could have gotten to either one. And I would love to see the breakdown of how many people played them together because I can't imagine it was many based on the criteria Kyle laid out with pricing. It just, it didn't make a lot of sense unless you were flat out playing like Rashad Perriman, Jeff Smith, and I don't know, like the Texans receivers or something. It just flat out didn't make sense. Braxton Berrios, you played them all. Yeah, Yeah, you played Braxton (laughs) Berrios. Like you're playing three Jets receivers and then the entire Green Bay stack. So, I mean, I, I do think there are situations where it makes sense. Like you talked about Chicago David Montgomery was fairly affordable. You play him with Allen Robinson. That was fine. The AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, those were expensive. And that's probably the most expensive I could see it working out. All right. Well, can can we talk about how, can we talk about how you would never know like a regional specificity to where Matt lives until he says Chicago, like this really (laughs) like a Midwestern, like Chicago sound, everything else is normal, but I can't not notice whenever he says Chicago. Matt say Chicago. Chicago. Oh yeah. Kyle say Chicago normally. Chicago. Chicago. All right. Yeah. You and I say it. So someone though said that I had a a Philly accent the other day, which I'm not even from, I'm from the Philadelphia area. I'm not even from Philly, but I I don't, don't, I don't get it. No. And someone said I have a a Pennsylvania (laughs) accent. What's a Pennsylvania accent? There's a Pittsburgh accent, but I don't think there's a PA or like a general Pennsylvania accent. Where are you from? New York? Me, uh, I grew Ohio, up in Ohio. Virgi- I grew up in Virginia, then I moved to Ohio. My family's from PA. I can do a good Pittsburgh accent. Where in PA is your family from? They're all like Western PA, oh, okay. like right on the Ohio border. So, okay, so nowhere close to me. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. 
What do you think before we get into our stacks, Kyle, just looking at the, the, the top owned players from last week, you had Adams, you had uh, Aaron Jones, you had uh, Derek Henry, David Montgomery popped off again, had an 80 yard touchdown run. J.D. McKissick, Keenan Allen, Corey Davis, Prashad Perryman, I'm not including defenses, Aaron Rodgers, and Justin Herbert. Um, does anything stand out to you here before we get on to week 15 that just seems out of the ordinary for a Millie Maker slate? No, I honestly think looking at this, it looks like pretty dang efficient in terms of like so Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was a, a massive favorite against a ton of run. Like I think – like, I get why that amount of the field went to him. It's not like he got to 35%. Like, I don't think that's egregious. I think that's probably close to his efficient ownership. Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, just as Matt said, I believe they led the slate in their team total. Like, that's kind of an obvious spot. Dave Montgomery was just a volume play, as was J.D. McKissick. Maybe the one interesting thing is we were obviously so inclined to be playing the Titans with Corey Davis coming in just a little under 20% ownership. A.J. Brown, I mean, I, like, we don't have his ownership right now, at least on this list. But given that we know he was multiple percentage points below both Derrick Henry and Corey Davis was like probably the ideal leverage play, even if on a points per dollar basis. I mean, this is probably why he wasn't very popular on a points per dollar basis. He didn't project particularly well. And Derrick Henry still got there. I think someone like those kind of spots are really what we should be looking for is when like we all want to play every single player on a specific team. It's usually the team with high implied team totals. Just look for the guy who's going to be like the least popular. If he steals, goes out and steals the touchdowns, that's like the ultimate smash. Fantastic segue, Kyle, because that's exactly why we're doing this show right now. We're trying to find some of those potential low on smash spots. And you know what? Sometimes we're going to nail it, make a big difference. Other times we're going to miss them for one reason or another. But hey, you guys get to make the final call. AJ Brown was 5.8% in the Millie Maker, by the way, Kyle. Matt, you ready to get into some of this? Yeah, man, of course. All right, let's do it. Highest projected on player right now. You go to awesomeo.com, uh, check out the tools under the NFL dropdown, the uh, top stack tools. But right now, we're, we're going to do that at the end of the show. Right now, we're in the ownership. You can check out main slate ownership. Uh, Derek Henry projecting for 30% ownership. He needs 156 yards per game to hit 2,000. You have a lot of people, and this is where we have to start. A lot of people saying, yeah, but maybe Vrabel's just going to kind of curtail his opportunities and then other people saying man he's going to get it easily i'm somewhere in the middle but when i look at these matchups detroit houston green bay just mouth-watering matchups and now he gets the detroit lions this week in what is an absolute smash spot but his price point has come up considerably still though you look at it he's got eight 100 yard games on the season Nobody can pop off for 202 like he does. So even though he doesn't necessarily have that pass catching upside, he is still an outlier when it comes to somebody that doesn't. How do we treat him this week with his team having a 31-point implied total, they're 10.5-point favorites, and they're tied with the Colts in their division at 9-3? and three. There are so many incentives here for them to come out and smoke the Detroit Lions. Matt, I think with Derrick Henry specifically, it's not so much about like what we think like he's capable of. We know he's capable of a 200 yard game and multiple touchdowns, but is there anyone else on the slate that also has this upside? And I would argue there's multiple players that do Dalvin cook, Alvin Kamara. If we get back Drew Brees, I know that's a little iffy right now. It doesn't seem like he'll be back. And right now we have him projected out, but if Drew Brees came back, I would be interested in Kamara as well. But then you're also talking price point. And on DraftKings specifically, you don't actually need Derrick Henry to have 
he could have a modest game. He could have a hundred yards in the score. And at that price point, is he still worthwhile in your lineup? So with Derrick Henry right now at his ownership, which is 30%, it's massive. And it, I can only really see this rising. Is he worth it? Yeah. I just, is he worth it at this cost? And I, at this point in the week would rather take a Dalvin cook 500 less who is nearly half the ownership. I hear you. I I'm having a tough time right now getting away from Henry, even at this price point, but lucky land casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky, lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, Kyle, break the tie. What are you thinking on Derrick Henry? 9,500 on DraftKings. And by the way, the two of the, uh, these two guys, Kyle and Matt, do a full FanDuel-specific strategy show every single Thursday afternoon. So if you're looking for more FanDuel content, that's exactly where you want to be. Yeah, uh, man, we're we're fading Derrick Henry again this week. Let's 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 ride, Matt. Let's ride. We continue to fade Derrick Henry. It's just that it's what he said. I think your opportunity cost is that you give up for five hundred dollars less. Dalvin Cook, who's like he's probably close to the exact same projection like Derrick Henry projects to do more on the ground but he has essentially no role as a receiver Dalvin Cook more than makes up for it with his receiving role Dalvin Cook in fact leads the league in uh, yards from scrimmage per game and touches per game like I don't think there's a ton of difference between the guys one of them is going to be 12 percent less owned and I honestly kind of agree that I think Derrick Henry's ownership could even rise throughout the week as we get like we typically just do get more value as the week goes on these players pop up that are cheap and good projections so whenever that happens the chalk, like, especially when the chalk's expensive, the chalk tends to get more chalky. So for that reason, man, I, I'm I'm going to be going to guys like Dalvin Cook. I even think you can pivot to, like, someone like Alvin Kamara. I think all these guys have in the same ballpark of the same upside for less money and less ownership. And anytime we get that, you know, I'm just waiting for Derrick Henry to punch me in the face again. Yeah, which uh, he very likely will do. But if he doesn't, yeah. uh, again, that price point's really expensive. So I, I, I guess – what you got one element of, of the, the argument makes sense in that I, if Derrick Henry goes for 25 at 9,500, you can very, very easily get away from that. And here, I'll give you a good example, Matt. La, uh, this past week, if you look at fantasy scoring, and I think I mentioned this uh, the other day on the Monday show, but one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, uh, 19, 20 players had 25 plus DraftKings points. So if Derek Henry even finishes with 28 or 30, does it kill you? No, absolutely not. But you're going to need a lot of those cheap guys to pop off for you because you're absolutely going to have cheaper guys in your lineups as a result of his price point. Derrick Henry needs a really big game at that price point, given that so many other players at lesser salaries are going to give you the same 25 or they're going to give you 25. They might give you 30. And last week was a perfect example of that. We had seven go north of 30 DraftKings points. And that's it. That's a good, you summed it up about as well as I possibly could have with Derrick Henry in your lineup. 
what kind of construction does that lead you to? And right now it looks like it's not only going to be a chalky roster construction, but like you mentioned, you're going to take punt plays. In some weeks, this is more viable than others. Uh, two or three weeks ago, you remember the receiver slate where we had Gabriel oh. Davis and mm-hmm. Andy Isabella and all those guys. Yeah, I thought that roster construction was fine that week. And I can't remember Derek Henry's price specifically on that slate, but assume he was like 9.5K. You had multiple viable wide receiver twos near the minimum price. This week, will we get that? Maybe, maybe not. But if not, and you're playing like Brashad Perriman and, and Braxton Berrios down there, that's a little bit concerning. Are you talking about the week where Derrick Henry went wild with the three touchdowns in the first half? No, I'm just talking – I can't remember how Derrick Henry did that week. I'm just talking about the viability of punt wide receiver plays that some yeah, weeks – Yeah, I, I got you. I was just trying to, to figure out which uh, – because it was the – you said it was the Andy Isabella game and the uh, – Davis. Yeah, so that was week 12 – yeah, Henry had 41, but he was only 7,900. And I know that wasn't the, the core argue, or core piece of your argument, but Derrick Henry is a lot more expensive than he's been. Uh, he was from weeks eight – no, sorry, weeks – wow, you got to be kidding me. From week one <laughs> through – listen to this. Weeks one through 12, he never went above 8K. Wow. That's crazy, right? I'm pretty surprised by that. Never went above $8,000. He went to 8K, but never went above 8K from weeks 1 through 12. And then 9,200, 8,700, because, you know, late season Derrick Henry is, for some odd reason, just really good. But I don't want to spend the whole show on this. It is the biggest piece of the slate right now. There's no question. So um, Alvin Kamara, you mentioned Kyle, and he's getting around 14% right now. Ownership is is definitely not static. It will change throughout the week. James Robinson at 7,100, around 14%. I want nothing to do with that, despite all the volume he's getting. Uh, Ronald Jones, assuming he's active and Leonard Fournette is a healthy scratch, he's around 14% against Atlanta. And then this is where it starts to get interesting. I mentioned some rookie running backs. Well, Cam Akers, 6,600 against the Jets, 12%. I'm still very much on board with that. Then you have Swift at 6,400, 10% ownership. But the crazy thing to me is that Dobbins is at 5% at 5,900. I like him a lot this week if he's going to be sub 5%. And then Jonathan Taylor, prices come up. He's less than 9% right now against the Houston Texans. So, man, if some of these ownerships hold, I think we're going to have a field day. Yeah, I think there are a lot of – I mean, the thing is it's Derrick Henry – Dalvin Cook, and then a pretty big break. There's no one above 15%, and yeah. a lot of guys in the, you know, four, five, two. There's no one else 12%. in that price range either. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's going to be really interesting, not only getting ownership pivots off of, you know, if you don't play Dalvin Cook or Derek, you're getting a, a pretty significant ownership pivot because those are the two chalk guys. But you've also just led yourself to a unique roster construction. If you play, even Cam Akers at 12% isn't nothing. He's going to have some popularity. But I do think, like, Going to a 6,600 Cam Akers who has 25 carries per game in his past two games, like 120 rushing yards, it makes sense. They are massive favorites. I know, like, the Jets have a good a good run defense, supposedly. Like, that's what, you know, their DVOA and PFF run defense tell me. But, like, we have a very strong history of data saying that massive favorites with high implied team totals are the spots you just want to jam in the running backs when it seems like – it's a small sample, absolutely. But when it seems like the, the evidence points to Cam Akers being – the clear number one back in that scenario, 
yeah, I'm going to be pivoting a lot of lineups to instead of going expensive running backs, going probably two mid to cheap price running backs and then playing a lot of like, uh, you know, bougie receivers. I'm on board. I also like the two mid range guys as well. Like, I, there's a million different ways you can do this. Aaron in chat says Mark Ingram might eat into Davin's production. Mark Ingram played one snap last game, one snap. If anything, it would be Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson. But uh, Matt, your thoughts on the ownership for some of these running backs that we've talked about. Yeah, man, I'm looking at my chops looking at some of these guys. I'm excited about Cam Akers. I'm excited. Ronald Jones, man, I hope he plays. I hope I broken pinky. I'm not sure if yeah, that's just yeah, a yeah. management. But I thought I saw he wasn't expected to miss any time. That would make sense. I mean, Chris Godwin didn't miss any time with a broken index finger, I believe, and he's catching ball. So Pinky should be fine for Ronald Jones. But, I mean, the dude had, had 18 carries last week. I know LaShawn McCoy handled just a few touches, but Ronald Jones was absolutely dominating the backfield, had 80 yards, and it's a positive matchup for him too. You talk about favorites, Ronald Jones fits that bill as well. So he's someone I like a ton at 6K. And like Kyle mentioned, if you take even Ronald Jones and Cam Akers, you have a wildly different roster construction than the lineups with Derrick Henry. Yeah, I, I really do. And if we're talking about some pivots here, Matt, I, I, I'll, I'll give you a couple right now. I mentioned, um, I mentioned Jonathan Taylor at 9%. I'm willing to get there at that price. But the problem is Alvin Kamara in a game where they could certainly be playing from behind against Kansas City – I think you have to side with him at only 5% higher ownership. Cam Akers is 12%, but that's not what you would call chalk. Again, I'll go down to J.K. Dobbins, and then we'll get your guys' pivots. J.K. Dobbins is beginning to, to take on more of a lead back role here, and now you've got him potentially in a game where they could run the ball 45, 50 times. I'm serious, against Jacksonville. like This game could be over before it starts. Lamar Jackson's looking much better recently. I'm not even worried about Dobbins competing with carries with with Jackson because I think Dobbins is just going to get work here. And even if you have concerns that, hey, this guy might get some carries, this guy might get some carries, sure. But how much do you really expect them to throw in this game? And then the last one I'll I'll give you is uh, Jeff Wilson, Kyle. Uh, If if Raheem Mostert sits, we saw it earlier this year, Jeff Wilson was the guy. Uh, Three touchdowns, big game, then went on the IR immediately afterwards. Uh, uh, he had basically a split snaps down the middle with Raheem Mostert last week while Coleman and McKinnon, sorry, didn't do anything. I do think there are a few guys down here at the bottom right now that could be really, really interesting. Yeah. And we have, I think Jeff Wilson's a really good one to point out because they like, I don't know, a 24 implied team total isn't great, but you're not paying much for the 24 implied team total. They're favored. And we've seen the Dallas run defense get absolutely gashed. Like I think everything aligns for him to just be simply a good value. Like, I don't think he's this like, Oh, like I think JK Dobbins, you could argue is like this crazy ceiling play. I don't know if Jeff Wilson quite meets those standards, but he's a pretty good value in a spot that is traditionally good for running backs. And his ownership is even lower than like most of these guys. We have it right now. 2%. 2%. So I really like that call. I think the Dobbins one isn't bad. I think for the extra money, I'd probably just play Cam Akers. I think I'll probably have both though, because especially with Dobbins ownership, that's what you're selling me on. It's not that he is like this dominant number one back. I do think you have to have concerns about Gus Edwards, but do you have like 95% concerns about Gus Edwards given just the inverse of ownership? No, I don't. At least I have, you know, some concerns about Gus Edwards, but not enough to get me off at 5% ownership. How about you, um, Matt? Anything else here? I think the pivots are pretty clear. We already hit on most of them. Like I don't have a ton of interest in Miles Sanders at his price. I'm really looking for backs with a clear workload. And I think we hit on most of them. 
The only one I could see maybe is Salvin Ahmed. If he comes back from injury, they're not going to have Miles Gaskin, who's still on the COVID list, and he tested positive for COVID, so he can't play. And then we've seen them split time between DeAndre Washington and Patrick Laird. Lynn, Lynn Bowden, their rookie, he didn't play a single snap at running back, so I've seen some people throw that out, that, oh, they're going to use Lynn Bowden as a rusher. He played every single snap at wide receiver. I think if healthy, and we see running backs oftentimes, like Eckler stands out, McCaffrey stands out, when they come back from injury, they go under-owned. You're taking on a ton of risk here, but he's going to have, like, single-digit ownership, like sub-5%. If we're talking about the wide receiver position, Matt, you have Tyreek Hill at the top. And one of the tougher matchups he's seen this season, but how much does it actually matter? DK Metcalf at 8,600. Calvin Ridley now at 8,200 because, of course, we are unsure of Julio Jones' status, and it's very possible that they just shut him down for the year. Uh, But at at the top, you have all of these guys. uh, And then from an ownership standpoint, this is where it gets interesting. So your highest projected owned player right now is Tyreek Hill. But the ownership is very flat. Hopkins is coming in like less than a percent below him at 13.8. Then you have Robert Woods, Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson coming off a fantastic game. And Brandon Ayuk, who is, I think, objectively underpriced given the opportunities that he's seen, the workload that he's seen, and now Debo Samuel being out. I agree 100% with Ayuk. I'm actually kind of surprised his ownership isn't a little higher, 11.3 right now. I think this could rise as sort of like the Brandon Cooks play of this week as someone who's just underpriced for his role in the offense. And they'll use Ayuk all over the place. He'll get some carries. He's used very much like Debo Samuel. So the opportunities will be there. He's someone I isolated that I want to target early in the week, especially in more of your cash game style builds. As far as the expensive receivers, Tyreek Hill is just so much more expensive than everyone else. And I, I, we're not talking pivots yet, but Sammy Watkins being nearly half the price has my eye for sure. Among the expensive receivers, I'm still looking at Michael Thomas, man. This guy burns me every single week, and I just need him to score a touchdown one of these games. And I think it's finally the game environment where he might do so. They are playing the Chiefs. And last week, we even saw like Tua Tagovailoa forced into a voluminous passing role. And I think we could see the same from Taysom Hill or Drew Brees, whoever's active. Yeah, Kyle, at the top of the position, ownership is spread out. You have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players right now projected for 10 plus percent ownership, but nobody projected for north of 14 and a half percent. Yeah, so we have, it looks like I'm trying to just filter this, we have basically three running backs projected to be as high, if not higher owned than the highest owned receiver. Yeah. I'm guessing that I'm guessing that means we're going to get one. Those are expensive guys. So I'm guessing that means a lot of the expensive receivers are just generally going to have their ownership capped. seems like if given the choice, the field this week is going to go to expensive running backs. It probably means I'm getting to either expensive receivers or just a slew of the mid to high price. So, you know, you're six to seven K or five and a half to seven K range. And I was thinking maybe that's a reason that Brandon Ayuk is not super popular. Cause I, I think he does remind me of that Brandon Cooks player where it's just like, The offense isn't terrible. It's not quite as good as I would say, you know, the Houston offense. The offense isn't awful. Nick Mullins is is fine, whatever. But the volume, just you subtract everyone from the team and the volume is going to be there. And we've seen this before. Like we've, unfortunately, we've had to see San Francisco play without your George Kittles and your Debo Samuels before. And it is consistently double digit targets for IU. So my thought is maybe that people just, since they're jamming in these expensive running backs, they can afford to play one or two at most of the like 6K range of wide receivers. That means they're splitting their ownership between, you know, IU, Corey Davis, Chris God, and these kind of guys. So if this ownership does hold, if we get this ownership, you know, within this 10 to 15% range by Friday or Saturday, 
probably going to have a lot of Brandon Ayuk. I think Michael Thomas, not crazy expensive in a game that should be wildly exciting. I'm with Matt. Like, I'm going to keep going back to it. I know he hasn't scored, but I believe he has, like, multiple 100-yard games with Taysom Hill, a, like, 80-yard game. He looks vaguely like 2019 Michael Thomas. Maybe not quite there yet, but he looks kind of like that. So I think I'm going to just be jamming a lot of the guys in this range in my lineups because, I, you know, I've already kind of uh, I've made my bed and I've dug my grave by not playing Derrick Henry and probably still not a crazy amount of Dalvin Cook for any reason. So the range of Corey Davis, Ayuk, even Michael Thomas kind of on the expensive end, and Terry McLaurin at 6,600 in like the GOAT matchup. We know this is the the matchup of the season. They've allowed more DK. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Points or FanDuel points, if that's what you're looking at, to receivers than any other team. He's only 6,600. He's one of two players in the NFL who's seen at least six targets in every single game this year. One of two players. The other one is Stephon Dix, who leads the league in receptions, I believe. The volume is there. The quarterback play, assuming Alex Smith plays, which I believe was reported to be likely earlier in the week. Like, as long as all of those align, Terry McLaurin is just, he's Terry McLaurin. We know how good he is. And the matchup is great. Like, the game should be at least a decently scoring game. I don't get why him and Ayuk and some of these guys are coming in so low owned. I mean, I understand like the math behind it, the way people are building rosters. I just disagree. Yeah, I don't disagree with your disagreement. I'll tell you that much. Michael Thomas though has a 32 plus percent target share. I think it is since Taysom Hill took over. That's good to see. Um, you know, the, the Allen Robinsons of this world going up against Minnesota, he's coming off a huge performance. You guys broke down Ayuk uh, nicely, so I won't get into that. But the whole Robert Woods and Cooper Cup thing, again, I think you want to have exposure to this game, but the question is, where do you want it? A lot of people are going to say, I'd rather do it through Cam Akers. Um, I don't know how confident I am in a stack, but as I pointed out yesterday, Matt, and I think this is where I'm kind of on an island, I think people immediately look at this team, and as Kyle was saying, a lot of people will say, oh, well, their, their run defense is good. Sure, but as double as, as monster dogs, you still like running backs against them. But in the same vein, they say, well, when a guy when a team is this big of a dog, you have to be worried about playing the quarterback and stacking the offense. Well, uh, Derek Carr was a seven and a half point favorite against them, or seven points, depending on where you were shopping the lines. They won by or they, that game ended up being close, but regardless, the spread was almost eight points, 381 passing yards for Carr. Uh, against the Chargers, they were touchdown plus dogs. 366 passing yards for Herbert. 274 for Cam Newton. Uh, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes as almost 20-point favorites. 446 passing yards. Josh Allen, 307 passing yards. 
uh, and 312. So 300 plus in both of those games. Kyler Murray, 380 passing yards. You get my point here. Yes, they're a bad team. Yes, they've been huge dogs all season long. But opposing offenses are crushing them through the air. And we've seen them win tournaments against this Jets team, despite how anemic their offense has been. So uh, I'm not just on Cam Akers. I'm on the passing game as well. And maybe I'll even dabble with a little Cam Akers, Robert Woods, no quarterback, and see if I can take down the Millie this year or this week. I hope you do, man. That'd be awesome. Get someone on the Osmo team to take I don't really play the Millie, but that (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you just want pieces of this Rams team. Their team total is massive. The Jets are terrible. I think a lot of times people get stuck in these narratives and think it's a 100% chance that that outcome occurs. And we know the Rams are very run heavy. And when the Rams are leading, they are particularly run heavy. Does that mean that Cam Akers scores all the touchdowns? No, it absolutely doesn't. Couldn't Jared Goff have three touchdowns himself, throw three of them to Robert Woods or two to Woods, one to Cup, and you have a double stack winning the Millie? Yes, that absolutely could happen. It's very possibly in the range of outcomes. And given their implied team total, if that's what happens, you're still accessing a huge ceiling and you're getting it at lower ownership. As far as the Ram stacks this week, it looks like we will have ownership on all of the receivers. Right now, Robert Woods is our third highest owned receiver. You're getting a little bit of a break if you go down a cup, but he's still right around 10%. I think one way to access this Rams team with the high total is to take a stack off to cup or off to Woods. And that way, like you're likely reducing a little bit of that ownership on the individual receiver just by playing someone like Goff, and you're still accessing an immense total. Yep, for sure. And that's why I'm saying I, I might go with an acres plus wide receiver combo without Goff, because then even if both of them are getting ownership, very, very few people are taking that path. So even if I have them, I have a different combo than everybody than almost everybody else. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on pivots here? And if you want to touch on this Rams offense one more time, because I mentioned yesterday, I think we're going to need to get this right in some form or fashion uh, in order to have success this week, just given their monster total, huge spread against a Jets team that has given up. Yeah, there have been a few spots in recent weeks where I think like, I'm not sure I've done it every week. I have done it some weeks though, where it was like when the the Vikings had a massive, massive team total, 30 plus points. When the Packers had this 31 and a half, I think that closed that implied team total. It's not impossible, or I don't think it's like it's, Sure. Like I think it's on the border plus EV. I'm not entirely sure. I have to think about it a little more to say I will play a minimum of one of this team in every single one of my lineups because unless Vegas is not only off but wildly incorrect on how many points the Rams score, they're almost certainly going to have one player who is in tournament winning lineups. They would need like you really need the most perfect scenario of every player goes like nine for 90 and one touchdown. Any, any player deviates from that line, they get over 100 and they score two touchdowns and they're a tournament winning player. Given their team total and given their pretty narrow distribution where like, sure, Josh Reynolds has some weeks, but we're still fairly confident that this is a like double number one receiver team and a very distant number three receiver. That means they have two guys who can soak up a lot of volume and then they're running back. Now, Cam Akers is a, is a running back who seems to be almost like a, a bell cow running back. I mean, like I said, 25 carries per game, past two contests. I think I, I may end up just saying... Every single one of my lineups is going to have one of these three guys. I don't have a strong lean between Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Woods is, is the better points per dollar play because he's a little cheaper, and his volume in recent weeks has actually been better than Cup. But Cup comes at a little bit of an ownership discount. I think my philosophy on the Rams is, is play a lot of them. Yeah, 30% target share for Woods over the last four games. And all of us had kind of talked about Josh Reynolds becoming more involved. Well, 
Uh, that ended pretty quickly because he hasn't seen much of anything lately. Three combined targets over the last two games. Um, you know, he, he had that eight, nine, and 10 target game. But those are also a lot of those, not all of them, but a lot of them are spots where the Rams are playing from behind. Listen, I know anything can happen in football. The level of parity is unlike any other sport. If they're playing from behind, that's only because the Jets have a defensive touchdown or, or a punt return or a kick return touchdown or, or something crazy happens. I just don't see any way they're able to move the football uh, on this Rams team. And, and, and I'll be honest with you guys, they, had, they opened with a 13.5 point implied total. I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it comes even down further at this point with, with how bad that offense has been. And that's saying a lot, not suggesting you bet him at like 12, but I don't know. Maybe if you could take an alternative line there, get the better odds. It's not the craziest idea. Matt, what are your thoughts on some low-owned wide receivers this week uh, or maybe some cheap guys with little ownership? Anything stand out to you here? Yeah. Uh, am I allowed to talk about Sammy Watkins again? I mean, if, yes, if, really. if you want to embarrass yourself, feel free. I mean, I've been embarrassing myself. <laughs> for the, since he came back It doesn't injury, take Sammy I mean. Watkins to do that. <laughs> Dude, I just can't get over a 4,600 attachment to Patrick Mahomes who's playing every snap. And I know the targets are volatile because he is certainly going to receive fewer targets than Tyreek Hill, than Travis Kelsey. We know this. We know he's not that type of player. But this is essentially the shootout of the week. We don't have a 55-56 implied total. It's totaled right around the other games with 51 and a half, 52, I think, is the max we have. Those might have come down a little bit since this morning. But you're accessing a great game environment. It's one of the most competitive games of the entire slate. And we, people try to target like Nicole Hardman when he's playing 50% of the snaps at this price point. Sammy Watkins is on the field every single play. You know what disgusts me? When you see these start sit articles and like Cam Akers is a start, Kyle. Well, he is. That? Why wouldn't you start? He's a start. What are you doing over that there? Makes... Who does You're that? You're reading start sit on the show. No, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was pulling up. I was trying to look up something on Sean McVay. Uh, and acres and i just like the first article is should you start cam acres versus the jets in week 15 like wow gotta click on that one i don't know the answer but i can't wait to find out i don't know it's silly it's stupid it makes no sense yeah take take a leap that's what we do here that's why people like it matt you know we're willing to say hey we're willing to recommend sammy Watkins. (laughs) what else do you need from us but um, no, I think we back it up with, with sound reasoning and, and that's good. And, you know, if you're coming on to a show and someone's just telling you, okay, guys, play, uh, play Derrick Henry, play, start Derrick Henry in your season long games this week. Why are you even paying attention to that? You know, just saying times are changing. All right, Kyle, what do you have at the low owned, low owned wide receivers? Anybody pop off at you? Uh, and what are you doing with T.Y. Hilton, who's getting 10% ownership? Because it's the obligatory T.Y. Hilton trash talk segment where every time we don't play him, he crushes over the last three weeks. And every time we play him, he's the worst wide receiver in the league. So in terms of I'll start with T.Y. Hilton, I think he's fine because the thing that I think was most concerning with him earlier honestly wasn't even his efficiency. Like I'm fine playing inefficient players because volume is the best way we have to predict fantasy points. Efficiency is generally fluky, like some players can reasonably project it to be more or less efficient, even sometimes far less or more efficient. But volume is the best thing we have to project. He wasn't getting a ton of volume, especially in terms of his market share numbers. 
that has kind of changed in recent weeks. So I think he's fine, like especially at his ownership. It's not egregious ownership. The price is good. It's probably a scenario where I'm mostly getting to him when I'm like skinny stacking, like, you know, secondary or, you know, stacking on, you know, Deshaun Watson, Brandon Cooks, assuming he returns, run it back with T.Y. Hilton. I think outside of that, I'm not having a ton of interest. I've got a really good start sit, though. What if we started DK Metcalf? Now, it might sound like the thing you just said, uh, where in your season-long leagues, you were probably already starting him. In DFS, 3% of the field is, quote, starting him, less than 3%. And I, that's obviously a product of people choosing to play Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook over him, and then even the other expensive receivers, you know, Tyreek Hill or whatever. Like, he's DK freaking Metcalf at 3%, and I'm going to generally have the salary to get up to at least one of the expensive guys. And there's a perfect runback option, whether it's a Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf stack, or just playing DK Metcalf. Terry McLaurin on the other side, like even arguably Logan Thomas, but for the most part, Terry McLaurin on the other side, like this is going to be a mainstay of my lineups, is, uh, you know, the, the skinny stack or the, the secondary stack of just playing two receivers in the same game, hoping it goes to a pretty high scoring game and just doesn't quite reach the levels of my primary stack. Never going to fight you on a guy that's 3% on that can go for 40 fantasy points pretty much anytime he's on the field and beat out really good corners, which we've seen on numerous occasions this season. So um, yeah, look, I get it. 100%. Matt, you got anything else here that we haven't touched on? I'm a little interested in Mike Evans this week. I'm always interested in the low-owned Tampa Bay wide receivers. Me too. And they, it never works for me. <laughs> but I'm with I mean, you. No, I'm serious. Like I, I'm always with you on on that low ownership ownership because they score a lot of points on most weeks. You just want to get some of that. Yeah, last week was particularly bad for them. Tom Brady attempted like 20 passes overall. So I mean, like Chris Godwin had three targets. This particularly, Chris Godwin's carrying a little more ownership than Mike Evans. So I'll just make the pivot down to Evans. I feel pretty confident about those two. They're on the field almost every single snap, receiving a massive target share, at least a little more comfortable with them over Antonio Brown. But Evans in this particular spot, you know, they're playing in Atlanta defense. This has a pretty good game environment. Atlanta's defense definitely doesn't scare you at all. So if they can keep it close, I think Mike Evans at 5% ownership makes a lot of sense. All right, trivia. What is T.Y. Hilton's real name? Uh, Terrence. Terrence. Tyler. Eugene Marquise. <laughs> I got one for you. I got one for you. I looked this up a few weeks ago. I was like, oh, that's what it means. What's J.K. Dobbins' real name? Matt, you should know this. You came wow, fresh how out. How would I know this? He came fresh out of college. Like, you I'm know, not his that- friend. <laughs> I, like, I did the same thing if in college that we're doing in now. In Matt CSB as something other than J.K. Dobbins, <laughs> he would never know. What's his name? I don't, I don't know. Clue. Take a wild stab. Uh, it's an easy one. Jeff. Justin. It's Justin. Ugh, you no, idiots. I'm joking. It's Jay Kalen. Oh, <laughs> it's Jay Kalen. J apostrophe Kalen. I never heard that name That's before. That's a dope name. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's, it's a, kind, of a, kind of a gnarly name, but JK is also pretty cool as well. Yeah, who knows? Who would have known? All these crazy names. Like, uh, well, you know what? We don't have time for this, but one, one day, one day we'll take a deeper dive into the unknown names of uh, of the fantasy football league, like uh, Duke Johnson and a couple of others. But let's keep it rolling, fellas. Tight end. We don't need to spend a lot of time here. Before we do, if you watch YouTube, if you watch Awesome, I mean, uh, you know about the promo code. Or if you can read, you see it at the bottom of the screen. For one single dollar, all of our NBA content through the 29th of December is available to you. NBA, all access, $1. That's it. I'm serious. $1. 
use the promo code Caruso at checkout. So here's what it gets you. All of the preseason content, right? But because we know you're going to love it and we want you to check out what we have to offer at Awesomeo for the upcoming NBA season, we're giving you the entire first week of the season, of the regular season, for that same dollar that you'd spend today. That dollar stretches all the way through December 29th. So you get the ownership projections, the player projections, the boomer bust tool, all of the excellent premium articles that these guys write, the prop betting tool, all the daily strategy videos, the the lineup builder, uh, all of the express features as well. So all of the showdown content, I I don't even need to keep going with this. It's a dollar. You're not even going to notice it's gone. Okay. And if you do notice it's gone, this is not being an asshole, but you shouldn't be playing DFS. Like if you notice a dollar is missing, well, you know, find a different hobby that doesn't include money. But anyway, it's Caruso. If you guys have any questions, hit me up on Twitter. I'm happy to help. Uh, my DMs are open. If I don't get to you right away, I promise I will get back to you if you have any questions about it. But really, $1, Caruso, C-A-R-U-S-O, at checkout. There should be something that pops up when you go to awesomeo.com anyway. But uh, check it out. $1 gets you all the way through the De- December 29th, which includes the full first week of the NBA season. All right, guys. Uh, let's talk about tight end. Kyle, there's just not a lot here each week from an ownership perspective. It's usually very flat. We're usually always saying just play the guys that fit. It's almost like defense at this point if you're not playing Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller. Oh, man, I was like – I was about to say, like, I was like, oh, well, tight end, Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard, oh, Jordan Akins, oh, Aiden Hurst, oh, oh, God. Jordan Reed. Mm-hmm. All right. Something's wrong. We got to, we got to get Alex on the phone. There must be like, we must be missing five good tight ends, five <laughs> modest tight ends from this slate. No, this is right. This is just tight ends. This trash. I mean, yeah. Travis Kelsey makes a ton of sense at 8k. You definitely like, we were talking about this probably at 6.7k where you're running into the opportunity cost scenario where if Jordan Akins goes out for 40 yards and a touchdown, how many points does Travis Kelsey need to score to outdo him on a points right. per dollar basis? And what did it cost you? I think, you know, if you're playing a Michael Thomas, it makes sense to run him back with a Travis Kelsey and just banking on this being a high total, like obviously a high total game. If it hits the over, it's a, a good game to target. I don't even think you like obviously have to play Travis Kelsey with his quarterback because Patrick Mahomes needs to throw four touchdowns at his price or something like that. If he only throws two or three or say just doesn't hit the 100 yard bonus, it's probably just one of his receivers, most likely Sammy Watkins. I mean, we always talk about it. It's most likely Sammy Watkins. I know Sammy Watkins has never hit apparently but it's going to be sammy Watkins <laughs> suddenly but it was not sammy Watkins. yeah it's probably travis kelsey well kyle let me ask you a question though you, you said like it's not necessary to play kelsey with Mahomes, and i totally agree how hard is it going to be to stack a kelsey and a hill with yeah. Mahomes this week because is your run back going to be kamara or michael thomas too and then do you have anything left yeah, I, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's interesting because you, like, by doing that, you essentially faded every good running back and all the other good receivers, <laughs> right. but but it's so difficult, and you pin yourself into a situation where, like, we don't have any screaming values. This isn't the, the 3K receiver week where every receiver at 3K is projected for one of the best points per dollar plays, so yeah, it is actually not only, like, you don't have to, it's actually kind of difficult to even do that. So yeah, I mean, maybe that's like an interesting contrarian approach, but I do think just generally like at this ownership, like you're fine playing Kelsey unstacked. I would probably at least though run him back with someone on the other side if I can, because the best case scenario is that this game does shoot out. And even if it does shoot out, it's not a guarantee that like both the quarterbacks or like multiple of the receivers pay off because their prices are just so steep. Matt, Kyle mentioned something earlier in the show that I think might be applicable here. 
maybe this is one of those games where given the total, given the two teams, and just given the complete domination that we've seen week in and week out from Kansas City, that in most lineups you want to have a piece of Kansas City, but you don't need to stack them. It's just you want to get a decent amount of this game, uh, even if there's no quarterbacks or a decent amount of Kansas City, even if it's one player in each lineup. Does that for you mean that you're willing to pay 8000 for Kelsey, who at first glance, a little sticker shock there. But when I tell you that he is averaging the fourth most fantasy points on the season on this entire slate, you know that this is not just a tight end. This is a wide receiver listed at the tight end position. Yeah, he absolutely needs to be treated like that. And his target volume is right in line with some elite wide receivers on the slate. So I think you can just very easily pencil him into your lineup if this is the route you want to take. I think it comes down to is who do you think can outscore Travis Kelsey? And I don't think there's a like a strong likelihood that anyone does. And if you do take that approach, I'm probably correlating with my quarterback or correlating with some other piece of my lineup in some way. Something I think you could do, you know, if you want to play Tyreek Hill instead of Kelsey is play Jared Cook on the other side. That way you're still correlated with the game environment. You have a very cheap tight end in Cook. I know, you know, Cook obviously doesn't project anywhere near someone like Travis Kelsey, but those are the kind of exercises I'm doing in my mind when choosing a tight end that's not Travis Kelsey. Yeah, you have a uh, 24% target share in the season for Tyreek Hill. And then for Kelsey, let's pull it up here. Uh, it is 24% as well. But I can only imagine, Kyle, that is there's a precipitous drop-off after those guys. Like, just completely down to what like what what would the I could look it up what do you think the next closest target share is for for Kansas City players this year well that leaves six uh that leaves 48 at least 52 percent so it's 52 yeah, percent Sammy Sammy Watkins I'm gonna say it's uh, every other target for the team has gone to Sammy Watkins is my genuine belief okay no well, is that not the case no I don't know I'm gonna say Sammy Watkins at I, eight, 17 18 it's yeah I don't I don't know I'd have to look at Sammy Watkins in the games that he's played because he's only played eight. Yeah. You have to break um, it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he's uh, what does he have? He's averaging per game, like 5.6 targets, which actually isn't that bad when you're on a team that is so explosive and you're always in the red zone. Right. You guys want his target share when he's active. Yeah, please. It's 14.7%, but that oh. includes games he left early. So read off the target shares for the Kansas city chiefs, Matt, if you don't mind, you have them all pulled out. Uh, what you mean in the weeks where Sammy Watkins is no, active? just, just on the season. Oh, the target shares on the season. So this excludes games missed Tyreek Hill is 24. Exactly. Travis right. Kelsey is 24.6. Right. Nicole Hardman, 9.2. Demarcus Robinson, 9.6. <laughs> Sammy Watkins, 14.7. That's so that's crazy. The drop off there, but it makes sense. But you're right. Sammy Watkins would be the number three. And uh, I guess it all depends, too, on what Clyde Edwards-Alaire does this week, coming off his best volume game, basically, of the season. Just didn't do anything with it. So, Sounds right. about right. You guys want to talk some <laughs> you guys, you guys that, talk that some, Everything checks out there. You want to talk some stacks? Yeah, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. Guys, thanks for sticking with us throughout the show. And by the way, throughout the season, it's been an awesome season, and you've really helped this channel grow. You know, with the holidays coming up, I figure I get a little sentimental here. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Without you guys, we don't get here. You know, we don't like Matt. We've been doing this morning strategy shows, pulling 
you know, eight, 9,000 views on a, on a showdown strategy show slate on a Tuesday morning. Like who would have thought we were doing those, you know, that type of stuff and, and people actually wanted to watch. So uh, it's pretty awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, okay. Top stacks, the highest owned. Oh, I was in the showdown one. Damn it. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. After saying, you know, you guys want to watch us, I come and screw the pooch. Here we go. All right. So top owned stat. Wow. Have you guys seen ownership this week? There's nobody yeah. above 10%. And at the current time, the highest projected owned stack, well, quarterback, which ultimately translates to stacking, it's going to be Arizona at 9.3, Matt. Top stack probability of 8.3. So right in that same ballpark, their value rating is also third best on the slate as well. So, okay. Now I see why they're up there. What do you think of Murray here? I'm very surprised by this. You know, it speaks to where DFS has come. I mean, Arizona and Kyler Murray specifically, he's been on a little bit of a downswing. He's been fine, but he hasn't given you those immense blow up spots that we came to expect from Murray in the beginning of the season. So to see him with the highest ownership and the highest stacking ownership on the slate, that really surprised me to be honest with you. Yeah, me too. Uh, and honestly, the, the the Eagles, as much trash as I talk on them, I try and be objective. I, I really do try to be objective, Kyle. And their defense has actually played markedly better lately. Now, they had some injuries to the secondary. We'll have to see how that shakes out as the week goes on. But uh, the Eagles do have a, a strong run defense when their defense isn't on the field the whole game. Because how many times have you heard me say it? I'm a broken record their biggest plays allowed are always coming in the fourth quarter on the ground because they're worn out. They're done. Carson Wentz goes three and out on every drive. You're going to get worn out. You're going to be on the field for 48 minutes a game. Uh, but last week we saw them against sure. Not to, not Drew Brees, but a, a, a well uh, fine tuned machine, a well-oiled machine in, in new Orleans and managed to, to keep them off the scoreboard. Do you think that this should be the top stack, Kyle? And, of course, I'm not saying because Philly's played better that we need to be ignoring Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Quite the contrary. But I I do find it interesting that it's the highest-owned stack right now, projected. Yeah, I'm definitely surprised it's the highest owned. It deserves some ownership, like especially yeah. with Kyler Murray playing playing better last week, or at least like playing specifically running more. I mean, he played better, but the thing we really want is that he was running more. I believe he, he attempted 13 yeah. uh, rush attempts. Obviously, like a few of those were kneels at the end, but it was the second most of the season. And he was coming off of three consecutive games of five carries and like 31 yards as his peak, I believe. He had 47 yards. I was watching that game. He looked like normal Kyler Murray. So he definitely deserves some consideration. But I'm kind of surprised any week that we don't see the the highest stack ownership or the highest QB ownership, which, like you said, is basically stack ownership, come down on Kansas City. Obviously, I think this week it is basically a fight of are you playing expensive running backs or are you playing expensive Chiefs? And it seems like the expensive running backs are winning out. I think uh, I, I'm probably going to end up siding with the, the Chiefs again. I've done this a few times. I just generally think the uh, the ceiling on someone like Mahomes, a Mahomes stack specifically, is basically the same kind of ceiling that you get by playing the expensive running backs, especially obviously when you're stacking him with Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey. And uh, the running backs are coming in as more popular. So I'm just going to fade the popularity when I think the difference is is not, uh, you know, it's not that much. Mahomes is crazy. Like Mahomes to Kelsey is a crazy expensive play. But it has a crazy high ceiling. Yeah, you want to talk crazy high ceiling? The Kansas City Chiefs have a top stack probability. Uh, 
And guys, by the way, these tools that we talk about, top stack tools, so amazing because it gives you the probability that they're going to be the top stack, but also what their ownership is and the value. You can compare all of them against each other. So even if a team is high owned, the stack is high owned, if their top stack probability is through the roof, it's still a good spot if it's high, if it's twice as high as their ownership. And if you look at Kansas City, their top stack probability is 23%. Now their value uh, is up there too, but more than, more than anything, it's going to be tough to get there. Their top stack probability is 23%. No other team is above 9.8. That's insanity. So, Kyle, I'm not going to argue with that ever. Matt, before we head out, who is your favorite stack right now, midway through the week, heading into Sunday? God, this is so gross, man. But probably Taysom Hill slash Drew Brees to Michael Thomas, whoever starts. I don't really care who it is. It's the other side of this Chiefs game. We just saw it last week. Whoever the opposing quarterback is generally is forced to throw more on average. Even if it's Taysom Hill, we know what they want to do with Taysom Hill. Everything he gives you as a rusher, it's just icing on the cake. And if he is going to be forced into throwing more, I will certainly be targeting Michael Thomas with Taysom Hill. And just a fallout from this chief stack being such a high likelihood of finishing as the top stack on the slate we have essentially negative leverage on every single other stack in the top five, the top 10. There's only a couple that you're actually getting a higher chance of it being the top stack compared to the ownership. And New Orleans is one of the few that offers this. Everything else is basically negative leverage. Awesome. Yeah, I have a couple spots. I, I don't feel great about any of these. Like, could I see myself in some large field tournaments where I want to get different going Lamar Jackson and JK Dobbins and hoping they run the hell out of the football, which is doable against Jacksonville. Yeah. Could I see some acres and copper acres and woods without golf? Because this is right now is projected to be the second highest owned stack on the site. Yeah, I could, but uh, I, I wanted to go with, with, with Kansas city, Kyle. I think it, it just makes a lot of sense to do so, but as bad as Matt Ryan has been lately, he's dirt cheap. Their top stack probability is almost twice as high as his ownership right now. And if you're using this tool, you're looking at a team that has the uh, third highest top, second highest top stack probability and the second best value despite ownership coming in, in at like 10 or, or nine or something like that. So he struggled. He struck, sucked in divisional games this year, but Tampa Bay secondary does have flaws. And I could see this being a spot where whether Julio Jones is in or out, we could be in good shape, whether it's Ridley, Hurst, Gage, doesn't matter. Uh, I'd be on that. Final thoughts before we get out of here, Kyle. Yeah, I really like that. I think I'd be particularly interested if Julio Jones doesn't play because you've just locked in so many targets by playing oh, yeah. Calvin Ridley there. And like you said, the quarterback is so cheap. You get to like, you still get to save money by playing quarterback and you get different by playing the expensive receiver as opposed to expensive running backs. I really, I agree that that's a really interesting stack based on both the top stacks tool and how it has you building lineups. Matt, tell us what you guys got coming up throughout the week. I know you got the FanDuel strategy show. Anything else here at Awesome that people should be aware of? Yeah, man, me and you are on tomorrow. We're talking some showdown. Right. And then, of course, uh, the big college football show. It's me and Ben Raza on Saturday morning. Guys, hit that thumbs up before you go and help us get to that 50K mark if you like what we do here. Remember, everything available in podcast form. If you don't want to use YouTube, if you don't want to use, if you don't, you know, you want to close your phone, put it in your pocket, whatever, you can do it on the podcast version. Also, the NFL top stack tool that we talked about throughout this show, or at least the last 10 minutes, it's free. 
this it's free today it's going to be free for most of the week the nfl top stack tool is free check it out play around with it get a good idea of what you're looking at even if you're not a sub you come in there and you see some of the free content and remember use that promo code caruso for one dollar all of our nba content including the first week of the regular season through the 29th of december go to awesome.com slash join check that out appreciate you guys we'll see you back here very shortly tomorrow it's the matchup show We've got the FanDuel Strategy Show. We've got the Showdown Strategy Show. I don't know. There's so much going on. Just be sure to tune in every day, and we'll see you back here soon.